everyone, and welcome to another wonderful episode of the Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities presents the Hometown Haunts podcast. I am Kat Cloco. My dog is barking in the back. And tonight I am joined by Christina Wald, Jen Kohler, and of course, our ever lovely friend who has come back, Amy Smith Hassabrock. Hey there, Amy. Hey. <laughs> Before we start tonight's show, which is all about the Golden Lamb Inn, I want to let you know that we are on social media. You can find us at Sin Cabinet Curio on Twitter, Cincy Cabinet of Curiosities on Instagram, and you, of course, can always send your personal ghost encounters, creepy cryptids, or UFO stories to hometownhauntedmail at gmail.com. And also, some exciting news. Jen worked really hard. We're now on Spotify and Amazon, in addition to iTunes and SoundCloud. So you can find us on iTunes at Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities. Please rate and review us there so uh, on and on youtube so other spooky lovers just like you can find us and we can probably read some of those uh, reviews later on which would be great and as i just said from the skeleton key chronicles we have amy back to talk about the golden lamb hello hey. amy what's How up are you <laughs> oh, i've been busy yes so we're going to talk about the golden lamb tonight oh yeah that is it's actually one of my fave places because my family settled South Lebanon, Ohio, way back in the 1700s. Oh, so wow. I've been, I have some serious history in that part of Warren County and the Golden Lamb has kind of just been our go-to spot literally since I've been a little kid and can remember. So um, birthdays, just cocktails, going out to lunch, funerals, we get the private room. And mm-hmm. we go on the lamb, as we like to call it. So, <laughs> yeah. It's a place I've frequented a lot. I feel like it was a little, I like know it like the back of my hand, but I never really thought too much about the ghostly side of the golden lamb. I think yeah. I was just took it for granted because I had been there so much. And it wasn't until my niece was about seven or eight years old that I started telling her ghost stories. And then my interest was peaked again. And I started doing some more research. Which is funny, because when I moved here, everyone said the two places that are haunted are Bobby Mackey's and the Golden Lamb. And they just pointed me in that direction. Yet, I've not been there yet. We've gone there a bunch of times. I think I even went there for my, when I graduated from college, I think my godmother came and we all went to dinner there and we've taken wow. in-laws there a bunch of times and we've been there i noticed they aren't serving the relishes anymore i don't know what the deal is with that they used to sell no they, weird they got rid of the relish tray about a year and a half ago or two years ago mm-hmm. they kind of can that you used to be able to get in the dining room but mm-hmm. no more with like the egg salad and the pickled watermelon rind yeah and it's the, all this weird mm-hmm. was it shaker stuff because there's like it a really shaker. was Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very shaker. Um, yeah, it was like a complete old school relish tray. It reminded me of like kind of the stuff you get in Colonial Williamsburg when you're having dinner mm-hmm. at one of those, you know, mm-hmm. older menu based historical menu driven places. They've since updated the menu uh, with the new operators. I know it's owned by Rob Portman and has been his family for what like 80 years 100 years now something like that they're descendants of somebody who bought the tavern so right right but i know the Mm -hmm. operating group that runs it has come in and kind of updated the menu and it's more of like a gastropub fair they kept a lot of the stuff in the original dining room like the fried chicken and stuff but it's very updated Mm -hmm. menu so 
no more relish tray bummer that is a bit of a bummer i will say i like going to these old stagecoach inns there's one in painesville ohio which is writers inn which is really fun um that one is not quite as old as golden lamb it's 1812 but it still has a lot of history and its own ghosts and then my own personal favorite it's closed right now is the unionville tavern up near ashtabula ohio and they have a preservation society trying to save it right now but back in the early 90s i do remember eating shrimp cocktails with my grandmother there in this old Uh stagecoach and seeing dead children walk around but Mostly I remember the shrimp cocktail. Oddly. <laughs> so with that, we're going to uh, crack into this. Um, also, Amy, before I guess we really do, how's the toolbox killers going? It's going well. We're very busy. Um, one show is completely wrapped shooting and will be announced soon. Nice. And, uh, we're getting working on another show with a little trying to get that um ramped up let's say yeah but yeah things are moving right along and for people who are just joining us for the first time you run the skeleton key chronicles will you talk a little bit about that and introduce that absolutely sure the skeleton key chronicles is my blog and uh it's just a collection of some true crime a little bit of haunted history um a few stories that uh speak of customs and lore um so it's just kind of like i grew up watching in search of with leonard nimoy right oh it's yeah just kind of the fascinating weird stories that pique my interest all in one place yeah so, yeah so lots of topics but it's you can bet it's all weird and kind of fun and sometimes creepy yeah i love following your true crime stuff and the weird things that happen in the tri-state area Uh. so yeah if you can everyone go look for her blog and also on facebook and you get updates and everything you get to learn about the weird crime history of plus much more of cincinnati and the surrounding regions so on to tonight's topic, which is the Golden Lamb Inn. And this was Christina's topic for our paranormal potluck a few weeks ago. And it just grew to be so big that we decided to dedicate an entire show to it. So shall we crack it into the uh, history here, Amy? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So if you look at the Golden Lamb today, it doesn't look at all like it did when it was built, right? Nope. I mean, It's beautiful and historic and it's brick and obviously a lovely place, but it started out as a log cabin Uh, back in 1803, a guy who was actually originally from New Jersey, his name was Jonas Seaman. He purchased the land and it was, uh, what was it? Oh my goodness. A house of public entertainment. I believe. Yes, 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 yes. A house of public entertainment. And he purchased it for $4. Okay, oh so man. What a bargain, uh, right? I wonder what that is in today's money. Oh my God. I can't imagine. <laughs> but I will tell you, yeah, just three years after he purchased it, the taxation already went up to $10. So it kind of shows you that just in a few years that Lebanon kind of became a hopping town for the taxation rate to go up so fast. Yeah. But um, he was doing well. It's my understanding that his wife was a great cook and she kept the in portion and made meals for the weary travelers, but it was a small 
little place. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't until another gentleman whose last name was Corwin, Ichabod Corwin. What a great I love Ichabod. name is that. Yeah. He was interestingly enough, the guy that originally sold it to Jonas. He was the original owner. He sold it to Jonas. Jonas made some bad business deals, presumably, even though the inn was doing great. They said that he put an ad in the Western Star newspaper, which was oh, the wow. newspaper in the area. Yeah. That said, hey, anybody that owes me money, you guys come and pay me back. I'm kind of on hard times because he was trying to pay his debts. Mm-hmm. So it seems that even though he had a flourishing in, there must have been some other backstory going on because he really couldn't pay his bills. And he ended up selling it back to the guy who he had bought it from this Ichabod mm-hmm. Corwin gentleman who proceeded to do a few other things um, in addition to building a brick structure okay mm-hmm. so Corwin was the guy that made a two-story more formal structure and the log cabin was no longer the facade of the building um, he also did some pretty interesting things there um, in addition to doing live animal acts and having a circus, it's my understanding that he also put on a sideshow um, for the folks in Lebanon and the weary travelers to check out. So wow! So the the Lebanon is really just a stagecoach stop city to Cincinnati. It's on that main route between Columbus and Cincinnati. That was my mic. So um, and another thing I learned when I was working on the uh, Riders Inn is that these stagecoach shops stops you weren't actually supposed to stay the entire night at a lot of these places you're only sleeping there for a few hours you basically grab a meal sleep there for two or three hours maybe four and then you would move on to the next stagecoach it's like a bus terminal or an airport so you're not there extremely all night sometimes you are depends on where you're going and if you miss your stagecoach because you're drunk but (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting that they would have the circus and the sideshows just to entertain the people. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And obviously there were stables and whatnot around the back so people could feed and water their horses, which is something else they did while they were stopping themselves and cleaning up. They took care of their animals so they would be prepared to continue on down the road. Um, It's interesting that back in stagecoach stagecoach days, when traveling by stagecoach, the trip from Dayton to Cincinnati took eight hours and amazing and uh through lebanon and lebanon was approximately the halfway point so it made it made sense to stop there and kind of do a pit stop refueling Mm -hmm. (laughs) obviously your body and your animals but um yeah so that was kind of i thought that was interesting that the guy made this you know attempt at having these shows and circus animals and stuff i mean that's not really something you see every day in a small Maybe maybe a petting zoo off to the side, right? <laughs> but not a whole circus and in, in the including the sideshow attractions as well. That's just amazing. Well, it's interesting because so, it's on forty eight, which used to be the main highway between Dayton and Cincinnati before seventy yes. and seventy one were built. So Lebanon used to used to drive through Lebanon to get mm-hmm. to Cincinnati if you were coming from Dayton or. You know, and once they built the giant highways thing. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I guess I was thinking Lebanon was further west in my mental map. Lebanon is actually directly between 71 and 75. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. On 63. 
Yeah, I had it way too far to the east. Way too but far east. But keep in mind, the southern end of Lebanon is only about 3.1 miles from Kings Island as the crow flies. Oh. So it's the northern area up by LCI and 63 that Christina just mentioned, Lebanon Correctional Institution, which is the big uh, level three prison up there. Um, that's really the northernmost line, but keep in mind, it does come all the way down where the golden lamb sets, which is really one of the southernmost areas of Lebanon. Lebanon was really proliferated northward mm -hmm. as they added on to it okay. because there is another town called South Lebanon of its own incorporation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So but anyway, let's talk about some of the creepy happenings at the okay. golden lamb that happened during this time. Sure. Okay, because we've got Seaman uh, running the place with his wife, and then we have... <laughs> okay, so we have Jonas and his wife. They have established the Golden Lamb, and the name and the name changes a, a lot through history, but it's really known for the Golden Lamb because of the sign, correct, Amy? Absolutely. Um, I think it was actually, people called it the Lebanon House, but mm -hmm. because of the Golden Lamb on the sign which was really necessary at the time because so few people were able to read and write. They needed uh, something that they could connect with the establishment to one, know what town they were in, know where this is the place I should be staying. So it was a golden lamb. Um, There's a town further north called Red Lion. They had a red lion on their sign. Um, the Black Horse Tavern, which is the name of the bar in back was actually a real tavern that was just located north of the golden lamb. Oh. And that was called the Black Horse. So all of these places had some sort of little visual attribution to let people know, oh, okay, this is this place, even though I have no clue what the sign says. So mm -hmm. I was yeah, wondering was kind of where they got the Black Horse Tavern name when I was looking through their website. I'm like, that's interesting. I wonder where that came from. So now, thank you, Amy. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. So throughout its 215-year-old history, the Golden Lamb has been a host to many different historical figures, which makes it quite remarkable, the Cincinnati area, because this place has been well-traveled. So shall I go through a list of who has visited the hallowed halls of the Golden Lamb? Um, Twelve presidents. That's, that's impressive. Twelve, given that we've only had 46 now. Um, we also have Barbara Bush, Mitt Romney, Henry Clay, uh, American legends, Neil Armstrong and Annie Oakley, literary greats such as Charles Dickens, Harriet Beecher Stowe, Alex Haley, James Wickham Riley, Louis Bromfield, Samuel Clemens, aka Mark Twain, movie star stars Charles Langton, and pop star Kesha. <laughs> and actually, I think they said George W. Bush has been there. Yeah, George um, W. Bush was the only sitting president to actually yes. visit the Golden Lamb. All um, the others visited when they before or after they were already president of the United States. I believe that includes Abraham Lincoln. I think. Um, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I do Can remember I? reading somewhere. Up. Sorry, Jen. Go ahead. No, I'm just going to go on an off-topic rant here. Ohio is not full of a bunch of country bumpkins. And I'm tired of the stereotype. That is all. <laughs> I believe we are the, the, the reigning champ of presidents. 
We have the most presidents come from Ohio. The most (laughs) astronauts have come from Ohio. And I believe we play really well with our serial killer game. So Mm. we got all sorts of types here in Ohio. Come to the Buckeye State and Marvel at our corn. Anyway. We won't kill you, I promise. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We won't. We won't. (laughs) But anyway, uh, we we digress. So. So. we have a lot of interesting people, Amy, that have stayed at the Golden, I almost called it the Golden Lion, uh, the Golden Lamb Inn. Shall we go through the history of characters? Absolutely. I think we should. Yeah. Should we start with little Sarah Stubbs? We need to start with Sarah Stubbs. I mean, there's a lot of ghostly stories about this little girl, and we know that when you go upstairs, that is the one intact room. It says Sarah's room. You can't get in. Everything's plexiglass, but you can peer in like you're in some sort of museum, mm-hmm. and everything's just her rocking horse. So one would think, oh my gosh, Sarah must be haunting this place, because mm-hmm. there have been lots of reports of little girls and giggling in the hallways, but I thought it was interesting when I found out Sarah lived a long life and lived to be an old lady. Yeah. So it's kind of like, hmm. Yeah, not only that, she only she also had her own family. So she she was the niece of the man who ran the place, correct? Isaiah Isaac Stubbs? Isaiah Stubbs? Oh no. Right. Isaac. Isaac Stubbs. Isaac Stubbs. And his father was the one that actually bought the property, but he ran it as the manager. I believe. Yeah. And then, yes. and then his brother died unexpectedly. So his, the wife and sister-in-law moved in. Yeah. Sister-in-law and niece moved in. And the niece is Sarah Stubbs. Mm-hmm. And I heard too, that when they lived there, the niece and her mother had to move around rooms a lot because uh, they were kind of afforded the rooms that weren't being rented out. Right. And a lot of people who had professed that they thought that Sarah was the one haunting the place attributed this haunting to her maybe being bummed out that she always had to move around. Um, I read that that was a perceived impetus for the haunting assuming it was sarah stubbs mm-hmm. i thought there was a more viable candidate for the little girl who was haunting the place though i think there is too but i wouldn't be surprised if sarah popped in once in a while to see how this place is doing because if you spend a majority of your life somewhere and have super attachment it's not uncommon to see ghosts return to places that were actually rather positive it doesn't always have to be traumatic Hauntings don't always have to be traumatic, but yeah. um, So the notes that I did find was that her mom and she lived in mostly on the second floor, which is now the presidential dining room. Mm -hmm. And that was where they're most often staying. But now Sarah's room is on the fourth floor and that's where a lot of her own personal possessions are, but things move around things fall off the wall and then of course we have the little girls giggling throughout the hallways just like estes park yeah perhaps face yeah yeah that's what that's what i was gonna say you know on the heels of what you said perhaps it was uh little sarah because maybe she finally got a room situated that was a permanent room for all eternity so maybe her 
little ghost does come back in there and play with her rocking horse every so often. Yeah, so now because onto Eliza Clay. Yes, Eliza Clay. I will say the hauntings at Golden Lamb are rather benign on the scale of hauntings, which means I think whomever is visiting really loves the place. So kind of yeah. like a caretaker role. You'll have so, to go there and see if you see anything. Yeah, I, I, I need to go there. So Eliza Clay, this this was a sad story. Like, really sad. I wasn't aware of it. Um, I knew about Sarah Stubbs because she's very well known and the top haunt at Golden Lamb. But poor Eliza died in the inn in 1925 after a fever. Mm-hmm. A fever mm-hmm. killed her. And she yeah. was the daughter of uh, John Quincy Adams, Secretary of State, Henry Clay. Yeah, and Henry she- Clay. Mm-hmm. Clay County, lots of clay is a prevalent name in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. They were traveling from their home in Lexington. Um, it's my understanding they were headed to the capital. Um, yeah. Washington, D.C. I don't think it was D.C. yet, though. I don't think it was called that. I think it's just Washington. Yeah, I'm not really sure when all that happened. Yeah. But anyway, that's a side note. They were <laughs> traveling there. She fell ill uh, outside of Lebanon. They stopped. They got a room, as a family would do. Um, she was really pretty sick, but the doctor convinced her father, Henry Clay, that she would come out of it. So with that assertion, he moved forward and went on to mm-hmm. the Capitol to do his job. He left his wife and his ill daughter here. And unfortunately, he was right outside the Capitol reading a paper called The Intelligencer, I believe, when he saw the headline that his own daughter had passed away. So obviously this is way before the journalistic integrity of contacting the family to make sure they know that the decedent is deceased. So that's actually fairly new, isn't it? I think it happened like in the sixties, maybe Yeah, late sixties. Yeah. But yeah, but obviously they were not concerned with that at this time because he found out via the newspaper. That is so sad. Isn't that awful? Yeah. You know, side note to that it's like i had a friend in college she found out her family was in a really bad car accident because she saw it on the news so that's the equivalent of that yeah mm-hmm. that's oh that's so yeah. sad yeah yeah Sorry. I mean, yeah it's true because sometimes next of kin doesn't necessarily mean like no you know if your next of kin just sets on their laurels or they have some they don't call you i mean yeah. yeah and it, sometimes it's a hunt to find the next of kin mm-hmm. so it's not always direct family members not right. like your nuclear family it could be aunts or uncles or cousins and if they can't find anyone i think after a certain amount of time is it then they just release the information i don't know i don't know it depends ways. sometimes coroner's offices reach out and will actually publish post-mortem pictures and stuff if it's like a big enough mysterious circumstance yeah, but a true. lot of people just end up in NamUs or unclaimed does, unclaimed cadavers. It's pretty sad, but that's another yeah. show. That yeah. is another yes. show. Yes, it is. <laughs> that should be a show, actually. That would be a great show, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we do one every week, so. Yeah. <laughs> right. So on the heels of Eliza Clay, who she's a little girl, and I know there's a lot of reports of stairwell visitations of a little girl mm-hmm. um and there's a ghost story about somebody seeing her but on the heels of her there is charles r sherman who passed away 
at the Golden Lamb in 1829 at the very young age of 41, leaving a very well-known family behind, right, Amy? Yes, and a very large family. A very large children. family. Yeah, and a wife. So 11 children and a wife. He had a dozen dependents yeah. and he died at 41. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, le- that left the family pretty much destitute. A lot of the children were adopted out. Another notable cultural figure is William Tecumseh Sherman was his son and he was one of the kids that was adopted. Uh, but it wasn't good for the wife and the kids after he passed away. But it's sad that sometimes people smell some cigar smoke and see a gentleman strolling the halls that yes. resembles. Yeah, that resembles him. And uh, one of the books that I read about it, um, about the haunts, was kind of attributing it Sherman being there because he left his family in dire straits like that. And that it just weighs on your soul a bit and you can't really move on because he just realizes Mm -hmm. what happened and uh, also what made him notable as he was once an ohio supreme court justice and he died at the golden lamb so yeah yeah that that's hard and then we go to i'm gonna say the most in should i say the most interesting um permanent guest at the golden lamb inn mr clement vandal him vandling him vandling him oh goodness yeah <laughs> clement van landingham van landingham this is where we yes. begin our drinking game everyone every time <laughs> we mess up van landingham take a shot <laughs> you said absolutely dig him yeah yeah so clement was an interesting guy did him okay we're gonna call him clement clement was an interesting man okay so clement had a he was a congressman for a long time and then he became the head of this political party that was called the peace democrats or oftentimes by the opposing faction they were called the copperheads um, it was interesting that they kind of turned the Copperheads thing around, though, and said, oh, it was actually from the penny. It's this Copperhead, not the Copperhead e- snake mm-hmm. that the Republicans called the Peace Democrats Copperhead. So I thought, hmm, this is very interesting. You have lots of political stuff going on. You've got this guy leading this faction of the Democrats. They wanted to end the war in the South. They were against the Civil War. Um he was a Calvinist, so uh, presumably a peaceful guy. Um, so he decided that. Um, I know before he died. I've got a, way too much story on this guy, though. I've yeah. got like his whole life story. What do we, we don't need do? to do the whole life story. So we can no. talk about how Lincoln gave him a pardon, I believe, and he had to move to the confederate territory murfreesboro tennessee yes okay and then immediately fled to canada (laughs) right right yeah okay 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 i'll start over yeah well not over yeah okay so clement van landingham led the the peace democrats okay so this was not a popular sentiment this anti-war sentiment that they had 
And he became a target of really President Lincoln. And then there was another guy that Lincoln kind of sent out to kind of watch everything that Van Landingham did. So Van Landingham was having this rally up in Northern Ohio, a little bit North of Dayton. And so they had a mole in the audience kind of like taking notes as to what Van Landingham was saying. Mm-hmm. And I guess he was saying all of this presumably insightful stuff. Um, fast forward, he got in a lot of trouble. Um, they came and kicked his door down in his house in Dayton. They pulled him out in the middle of the night, you know, his wife's wailing. They bring him up on charges. And uh, Lincoln decides it probably wouldn't be the best political move to like throw this guy in jail. So they just kick him out to the Confederate States and he's taken by a cavalryman to like uh, an area near Morristown, uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee today. I guess that was the line. And uh, he was taken there and dropped off. And then like you said, um, he went on a few exciting adventures. Yeah, he hightailed it to Canada immediately. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he was kind of all over the place. Yeah. But he did come back to Ohio, and that's where our story begins. Yes. Okay. I feel so like he- his life story should be an episode of Drunk History. <laughs> it is so amazing. If it, it has so not been done yet, crazy. it needs to be done. So that brings us to him working as a defense lawyer, and he is in a meeting with the other lawyers because. The, the Golden Land was a popular place for lawyers and politicians to congregate. So this is why they were all there. Absolutely. And, the courthouse was built right across the street in 1805. So mm-hmm. it's literally across the street. Yeah. And he and other attorneys were together. And the case, I remember Myers was the, def- not the defendant. No, Thomas Myers was the actual guy that was the decedent. He was he the, the one, that's right. Yeah, so, okay, so we've got, we've got Clement Van Landingham has been hired to defend this guy that's accused of murdering Thomas Myers. Okay? That's what it was, yes. Right, so they're all up at the Golden Land because there's been a change of venue. This trial was originally supposed to be held in Hamilton. That's where the crime happened. It was a shooting. Thomas Myers got shot. Van Landingham's whole defense was based on the fact that he thought Thomas Meyer shot himself. Right. And he was on a mission to prove that through his own version of ballistics testing. Okay. So Van Landingham and like three of the other guys on the defense team head out to the county line. They're kind of, you know, they want to get out to conduct this test. Van Landingham has three pieces of fabric in which he shoots at various ranges with a Smith and Wesson, which was the murder weapon. So this was early ballistics testing. I was impressed. I was like, all right, this guy's, this guy knows what's up. So he had these three various degrees, which rendered three different powder burns based on how close the barrel was to the fabric. Right. It was his goal to prove that the powder burn was so close to this guy's pocket that the dude really shot himself. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thus leaving his client innocent. He's off the hook. So after they do this round of testing, they're headed back to the golden lamb and his co-counsel says, you want to unload those other two or three rounds in the gun? He had only shot three. And he was actually quoted as saying, never mind, was what Van Landingham said. Never mind. Like, so I guess he thought it was NBD. Right. He's not worried about it. Right. So he gets, he gets back to the Golden Lamb. 
He goes upstairs to what is now called the Van Landingham room, right? This was mm -hmm. his room for the night. He sat there with a guy named McBurney, who was an ex-lieutenant governor and also sort of a consultant to the trial team. And McBurney's kind of the only one still around. And, you know, this young lawyer, he's really giving all of his ideas and he does a recreation. He's showing McBurney how he's going to show the entire courtroom that this man shot himself in sort of a dramatic Perry Mason moment way before Perry Mason ever happened. <laughs> so yeah. he grabs a gun off the table. There's two weapons there. Of course, you know, as one does, they just set their weapon on the table. So he grabs it. He does a reenactment. He pulls the barrel out a little bit and he says, McBurney, this is where I believe the weapon was. And about that time, he pulls the hammer and shoots himself. So he exclaims that, my ghost, I've shot myself. <laughs> my I ghost, mean, I shot myself. <laughs> Jen, are you okay? <laughs> he kind of like, he kind of freaks out a little bit, but he stays super calm. He's not bleeding a lot and he's still sort he's still cognizant and like talking. Okay. Oh my goodness. So he's like, I've made a horrible mistake. I picked up the wrong weapon. And <laughs> then he sends a telegram to his doctor who's in Dayton. And I actually have the telegram. It's really pretty sad. He's like, I've shot myself. I'm afraid it's fatally. Please oh, come no. as soon as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And uh so his uh doc heads out of uh, there are doctors at the end though there's actually two present that just happen to be there and needless to say there's a flurry of activity this guy shoots himself um everybody's running around they put a sheet down they lay him on his right side um the two doctors there kind of do like a little quasi exploratory attempt at retrieving the projectile to no avail they've determined it's kind of lodged down near his bladder no so with that said, they start contacting his family members. Eventually, his doctor arrives from Dayton along with his son. He had brought his son along, Charles, who was 16 or 17 at the time. The accounts, the ages differ, so I'm mm -hmm. not sure, but he was a teenager. And he spoke with his dad and seemingly had like a little father and son tete-a-tete. And then other family members started showing up and... Unfortunately, um, he was then administered opiates and he kind of, he died the next morning. Oof. Surrounded by his family though, everybody did have a chance to get there. So, you know, a lot of his family was there and. Yeah, kind of that's it. Yeah, he died surrounded by family, which is a chance that a lot of people don't get. I guess that's yeah. what happens when you shoot yourself in an inn. Right. Coach in. I mean. But his ghost has been seen in that room ever since, smoking yet again another cigar. We got a lot of smokers in the Golden Lamb, which I believe in Ohio now you don't smoke in buildings. But no. he's, so if you're he's selling been smoke. It's either him or Sherman. You either got a lawyer or a justice. It's one or the other. But right. um, what I love is um, Clement's beard. And the trim that he had is so distinct. It's so 18, 1860s, 1870s, yes. late 1800s. But it makes it very easy to do when you see him. Um, you're just like, yep, that's Clement. Because it's yeah. the cigar and the beard and, uh, and the gray suit. And he's always looking out the window in that room. Just kind of wistfully smoking a cigar and 
staring out at the street. I want to know what went through his mind when he realized he shot himself. Oh, ghost, I shot myself. <laughs> or did he say, oh, murder? Oh, shit. Murder? <laughs> <laughs> was a good one. <laughs> I like, oh, ghost. I like, oh, he ghost. He said, oh, murder, you guys. <laughs> he said, oh, murder, because guess what? He murdered that Thomas himself? Myers guy who shot mm-hmm. himself, presumably, said the exact same thing when he shot himself. Oh, murder. <laughs> he said, oh, murder. I've shot myself. Uh, well, that has to I be a T-shirt. Ghost. That Is that even a saying? An exclamation back then, I guess. I thought Oh Ghost was something Charles Dickens had once written. Oh but... my God, it probably is. I, I'm going to start saying that. Oh murder. Uh, oh, murder. I've shot myself. No, Oh Ghost. Um, Not the last but... part. The great thing is, though, Clement managed to defend his client to the bitter end. He did. And he was found not guilty. Oh, cool. <laughs> Only to be shot to death four years later. Yeah. In another saloon incident. This yeah. guy had those just seemed like that was his how he rolled. Yeah. I'm not laughing because I think it's funny. It's just, my God, what are the chances? right (laughs) yeah and the fact that clement shot himself in order to prove that this other guy shot himself by recreating this i mean how meta is that like it's very meta it's a great story i'm surprised like you said it needs to be like a drunk it needs to be a drunk history absolutely it, it seems like something you didn't really hear about even in history class or something yeah. like that. And, yeah. And Ohio history class. I, I do want to note if, and I know we'll get feedback on this. I am well aware of the legal Eagle episode on YouTube that highlights this case. Devin does this. He's the lawyer who does that. So if you love to watch an animated version of the more detailed version of the story, go ahead over to legal Eagle after this episode and watch it. It's glorious. They did a great job. And, uh, they may not burst into as much laughter as we do. Oh, ghost, I've shot myself. Right. Well, and also, Amy wrote a long blog Yes, Amy also has a wonderful so blog post about it. That in our show notes. Well, that's yes. where my brain is because I've spent like the last two days Van Landingham-ing it nonstop. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, ghost, oh, murder. I'm screwing up my Dickens with my... <laughs> Hey, Charles Dickens also stayed at the Golden Lamb. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yes, he did. I just thought of a wonderful t-shirt design. What? It will be a spam <laughs> can that says Van Landingham and it says, oh, ghost, I've shot myself. <laughs> well, and didn't, didn't Dickens, he, he wasn't impressed by the, the Golden Lamb. He like, kind of like this place. No, he terrible. was not. Dickens did not like it. He didn't like alcohol. us Americans because we didn't have booze yeah, available. He had some sort of booze that he wanted anything they were they were a um oh what is it a not a blue law but a, a dry, dry a, they're a dry oh my goodness a dry stagecoach stop that's the worst i agree that's with awful you. that's mean right yeah, that is mean. it's not easy to travel by stagecoach no yeah, he, he, it's he gotta be painful he didn't he didn't leave with a good impression that's for sure yeah <laughs> He didn't get his drink. They do serve. They have actually a really good beer selection now there. If you, if you, oh yeah. So, well, Dickens will be happy. Now. If he went there now, <laughs> if he was haunting there now, he would. But I don't think Dickens would haunt there because he would be like, no way. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, the uh, so 
Huh. Okay, Kat, get yourself together. Anyway, so I did want to pick up a few of the little bits and pieces of ghost stories that are uh, told about the golden lamb that don't necessarily have to do with the famous people that stayed there. One of them is stuffed animals like to go flying around the gift shop. <laughs> this is not the... that. Yeah, I wish I had seen that too. Um, I was there. I saw nothing flying and I'm bummed. Oh, that's, well, as one of the other podcasts said, at least it's not like plates or dishes, like stuffed animals seem like the sweetest thing to be falling off the shelves on top of you. Right. Yeah. They had like all kinds of animal stuff there, like cat socks and dog socks and pajamas. And if only one of them had fallen on me, maybe I would have bought it. Oh, maybe. Um, (laughs) Yeah, the inventory of that shop is so contingent on who the buyer is. Sometimes it seemed like 15 years ago, they had a different buyer that maybe had a little bit higher. You said that level. they had discontinued. It's kind of cheesy. Yeah, uh, you had said they had discontinued one of the books that they used to sell there. She said there were some inaccuracies. She didn't go into any detail, but we should probably maybe, uh, you know, as an update later, find out what those were. And I think it's rife for somebody to write a story about like the hauntings there in the history. Maybe that's your uh, calling, uh, Amy, is to write a book about the Golden Lamb, because I think someone needs to. Uh, yeah, perhaps you know or maybe it could be a, a, a well a comic it would need a whole book like it couldn't just be a short story like you'd have to right do right you would have to do the full the full yeah auntie. i mean it, it but the but the gift shop there now like doesn't have i mean and, and part of it is who shops at these things like, right yeah. the historical stuff and the books about history like they had a small section of historical books but like it was like about abraham lincoln and some more general stuff more rather mm-hmm. than specifically mm-hmm. about that area um it, but it would have been nice if they'd had like some of the books like what you have this is a ghost book and and some stuff like that but like you said it's probably the buyer and probably what people buy most people buying there are older so they buy like it's yes. very gifty stuff like yeah yes like stuff with animals sells well yeah right. <laughs> scars yeah. with bees you know yeah. Yeah. That kind of very, nothing that has any connection with the actual history there. they sold skirts and socks and what are scarves, <laughs> purses what are they, golden corral like <laughs> it, it did kind of have a it did have kind of a cracker barrel sort of vibe you know, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. anyway uh, it used to be a little bit more i don't know like classy uh, yeah <laughs> now the food in the restaurant has never been classier they recently restored it it looks like a million bucks i mean it looks amazing every detail is spot on but the gift shop wah wah but you know that's just the manager your um your clientele and it is a popular spot for the older sect so not a lot of cool history or ghost story Mm -hmm. stuff or yeah yeah it's a mixed bag of who's interested in that it is but stop by, um, maybe a stuffed animal will hit you in the head. Yeah, but maybe. <laughs> and another uh, thing that has happened is when a staff member was saying that they did not believe in ghosts, the cash register randomly spat out a receipt full of ones and zeros as almost to say, hey, we're around. And it did it automatically unprompted, which this is not the first time I've heard of cash registers doing something like this in haunted locations. Yeah. Uh, 
cash yeah. registers are kind of a hub, especially, you know, with everybody having video cameras now, you see a lot of activity around cash registers. That's really interesting. Yeah. Not because they're noisy, but. Yeah, they get your attention real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, chairs get knocked over at the same time in closed rooms, which is interesting. Uh, a lot of the ghost stories have their, um, I, I want to say, not originate, but the experiences originate on the fourth floor. That seems to be the most haunted part of the entire building. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and the ghosts there just seem to be rather benign, more helpful caretakers of the property and less of the scary Twin Peaks or Stanley Hotel variety. Yeah, it certainly doesn't give off the vibe like the devil baby of Hull House in Chicago. Mm-hmm. It's very benign. It's a very charming, welcoming place with good vibes. But you can certainly feel some stuff. For me, especially as I go up to the upper floors, like obviously with all the activity and clanking and plates and, you know, but as you go upstairs, you can almost feel the energy shift and it gets a little bit as you walk down the halls and go into some of these other rooms. Yeah. Um, it gets really interesting. And my niece and I actually had an experience in one of the rooms. Um, she and I, um, we had had lunch. Everybody was downstairs and she's, oh, Aunt Amy, take me through the end. She was only seven or eight at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I took her all through and we went to Sarah's room and we were looking and we walked down the hall and there was a room with two entrances. And we came in this entrance and I just started snapping and I was like, Maris, did you see that? And I kind of pointed at the end of the room to the right side. And we walked toward it and turned and started snapping pictures. And lo and behold, there was a mirror there, mm-hmm. which I had told uh, Christina, I didn't know there was a mirror. The room was dark. The only light was on was like a little pass through that had like an ice machine that wasn't turned on. It was like right. maybe they only like ran it for parties or something. Right. So it was like a little pass through like a beverage station or something. But that light was on. These lights were off. So the light we was getting was ambient lighting anyway. But anyway, as I came over and I started snapping pics and then we took the picture of the selfie, I had not seen the first pics I was snapping as I walked into the room. And I looked at them yesterday and I kind of pulled them up and you can almost see an apparition in the upper right-hand side, which is the exact area that she and I both thought we saw something. Oh, wow. When I, yeah, when I walked up and turned and started taking it towards you know where I thought it was it doesn't show up on the close end but from the long shot on the long end of the room I can see a fuzzy sort of situation but oh wow yeah it was definitely an interesting experience yeah do you have the photo can we post that yeah for sure I'll I'll send it to you guys yes please and also you had had me film the the Harrison room was there a reason why yeah 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 Um, the Harrison room the footage of it so Yeah, I wanted to tell you, I was trying to remember, I called a few of my family members that were there that day. We had rented out the Harrison room. Um, It was a funeral. My stepfather had passed away. So there were about 12 or 14 of us sat in that room having dinner. And I remember something kept happening repeatedly, but I couldn't recall what it was. You know, it was, we were mourning. It was a funeral. The champagne was flowing. But um, I called my mom and my mom's like, gosh, was it the thing that they put the trays on? My mom thought it was that, you know, when they set the big trays down to like tray stand. I was like, mom, I don't think that was it. So I called my sister 
who got my niece on the phone and my niece immediately remembered. There was a built-in cabinet of some variety that was actually to the back and left of me because once my niece said it, I remember perfectly, the doors kept popping open. Oh, wow. So the doors would open, we would shut them, the doors would pop open. And it was so weird because I, when I was preparing for the show, Christina, I looked on your sheet and I saw that someone reported cabinet doors popping open mm-hmm. on some. Um, and I thought, wow, that was weird. So anyway. Well, that, I think your my personal two... experiences blow out of the water like anything else. I mean, it's it's great stuff. I mean, that's why I was so excited to, to have you on here for this because, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, it's wonderful to have. I mean, that's when we decided to make the old show because you started like writing experiences. I was like, okay, we're having you on the show. <laughs> oh, my God. I know when I saw it, I was like, this is kismet, like the golden lamb. That's, yeah, that's my go to like, yeah. joint. Yeah, I was like, Amy's going to be on the show and just, you know, and and you've had so many family experiences there. I mean, I mean, that's really amazing stuff that you've actually felt something. And I can't wait for Kat to go there and and see what she sees. Yeah, are you kind of an empath? Yeah. Yeah, me too. I seem to see dead people. So um, (laughs) I'll walk in. I'll probably see probably Eliza first. I don't know why. But uh, she seems to greet people on the stairwell. So, or Sarah, they kind of go interchangeable. People don't know. Yeah, which one. they do. Our I heard the story about the little boy that yeah. looked up and saw a little girl and said, mommy, can I go play with her? And yeah. his mom's like, who, honey? He's like, oh, the little girl at the top of the stairs. Yeah. And everybody's like, yeah that's that's yeah and it, when i was there the waitress we asked her if she'd ever seen anything because uh the, you know some of the stuff that we looked up on other blogs and stuff had described uh the wait staff seeing stuff and you know chair, like you said the chair is falling over and that sort of thing and she said she had never seen anything but she said one of her customers a few years ago had not been there in 20 years because last time he was there um he saw her you know saw eliza Oh, and, or not like well, she no, not saw Sarah. Yeah, and uh, he said I saw a little girl up there, and he was afraid to go upstairs, so he came back for another meal, but wouldn't go upstairs because he had hmm. seen her mm-hmm. when he had stayed there before. So she said that he was still scared of that, and it kept him away for a really long time. Yeah, but I thought it was interesting here where it said the Ronald Reagan rooms on the fourth floor, and I couldn't go to the third and fourth floor because they're closed right now. I guess they don't have the staff to monitor it because of covid probably and i guess i could have tried to sneak up there but you know they probably have their reasons for not wanting people to wander around you know the guest rooms but when we were sketching on um saturday one of my friends was saying that uh she and her husband stayed in that room for their anniversary and got really bad indigestion they had to go at two in the morning to get uh antacids and she said she didn't think it was ghostly but reading this that people have had problems in that room makes me think maybe it was yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe it they was were reacting because if you said you felt an experience maybe they you know experienced something but just said oh this is just indigestion but the fact that both of them had it and they actually had to leave the hotel to get Mama. medicine in the middle of the night Mama. is interesting absolutely interesting you know maybe if they Did thought- you just hear that i'm sorry Jen, did you hear? Mama. Mama. Oh, that was so sweet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that, that's not a ghost child. That's my very real flesh and blood toddler. Anyway. 
I'll just note that. And also now I have a flesh and blood Chewy. Aww. Chewy, Chewy. Yeah, he he burst the door open like the Kool-Aid man. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, Christina. I need pets. Oh, no, that's okay. <clears throat> yeah, it, it's... It's yeah, the Ronald Reagan room was when I would read the comment sections of different um, posts. That was definitely one of the ones cited where people had weird nightmares, strange dreams. One guy mentioned that he had a dream of a full on party happening in one of the room in one of the dining rooms. And then um, he would walk in and then it would just stop. And I, I'm kind of like, that's an interesting story. He was dreaming it. So I don't know if that's really paranormal, but it's still interesting that that happened in that room. It goes with your friend's indigestion. Maybe there's uncovered wires or something in there. Because I didn't even really solicit it. You know, when we were talking about it, she was like, oh, I have a funny story, but it's not paranormal. And she said, we stayed in that room. And and it's like, well, maybe it was, you know, if that's what most people comment on and stuff. And maybe, you know, like we've talked before, sometimes people don't see you know like you say there's a reasonable explanation for this so maybe logically they're like there's no way this is ghost but boy did we get sick that night and have to go Hmm. (laughs) all i can think of is the next time you need to immediately use the restroom you can just say oh ghost i must use the toilet (laughs) yeah that i think that needs to be a t-shirt design i think yeah i believe that doing merch Oh my god. The bad thing though is that that wasn't even the quote now and it's going to go down in history as Oh murder, I must use the toilet. Oh, oh ghost. I must use no, the toilet. I like oh ghost. Oh ghost. And I'm drawing with it too. I think that it would be great. Yeah. So Christina, you were able to walk around the property and you sketched there. What were your impressions of the place? You know, I mean, it. I, I wish I could pick up on vibes like this i really didn't feel anything unusual there were people when i uh went to take video of the room that you asked me to the the harrison president harrison room um there's a meeting in the room next to it so there are people there's a bunch of business people there because i as you said like there's probably a lot of political stuff there uh you know there's a congressman's office next door to it um, oh, you know, my impression Republican of the, Party, the seat yeah, of the yeah. Republican Party for Ohio, I even think. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's Portman. It's Portman, yeah. though, His, isn't it? Yeah. But but the, but he's the senator. Portman's the senator and Chabot is the uh, representative. Yeah, right. but it's the Portman family that owns the yes, building. Yes, yes, right, but right. Yeah. But like the office. actual... Yeah, Steve yeah his office, office store. Mm-hmm. and the Republican headquarters for the whole state are literally right there in an adjacent parking lot, yeah, so right? So it's all very, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the town itself is very beautiful, like a lot of beautiful, recently restored Italian and architecture, um, a really a lot of cute little shops. Um, you know, it, that's what I, we were talking a little bit, the juxtaposition between that and like this giant correctional institution, which as children, I, I'm sure that um, you didn't grow up in Cincinnati, but do you remember, like there was always stories about people escaping from the correctional institute and, and you know, just recently there was the story of the people, was it you that posted the thing that tried to tunnel their way out? Um, you know, it, it's a pretty serious correctional institution. Yeah, oh, yeah it's level three offenders and there's some there's some ruffians <laughs> it was yeah. even featured on an episode of uh what was it lock up 
One of those oh. prison shows on Nat Geo, whichever. Yeah. It yeah. Lock up. Is that what it was called? It was something like that. I don't know. We were I talking about that earlier in the chat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was in the news just recently. They were droning drugs in like an Easter egg hunt. Did you see oh, that story? Man. Yeah, that's such a weird. I mean, it, 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 it's such a weird juxtaposition because of where it is in the state and, and you know, sort of this idyllic little kind of preserved town. And then, you know, just down the street, you know, you have this giant, I mean, it's like a small city. Oh, yeah, it's huge. Lockdown was the show on Nat Geo, not Lock Up. Okay. My bad. Yeah, Lockdown. Okay. Well, Ohio has an interesting prison and inst- correctional institution history, mm-hmm. complete with burning 325 men alive in steel structures back in the 1930s. So that's a topic for another day. And that happened right. at yeah, the old penitentiary. <laughs> Well, I was thinking, you know, I'll bet there's some ghost stories to be told at the plate, you know, at the at the Lebanon Correctional Institution too. I mean, oh, I'm sure. Know, who knows? It, we'll hear about them once it gets closed down eventually, and it'll be like the Licking County Jail where we'll get ghost stories from there. Yeah, but, but it was it's, it was a really interesting place to walk around. Um, you know, the building is is in really good shape. I thought that their collection of lamp figurines was kind of weird. You can tell that they've been collecting those for a long time. I mean, there's a lot of like creepy decor in there, um, you know, from all the lambs and then all the. I wish I'd been able to see uh, uh, the the Sarah's room, but you said it's on the third floor. Or it's on the fourth floor. Yeah, um, and it's interesting. At very, hmm? It's at the very top of the steps. Yeah, it is an interesting room. I mean, you can, it's literally just every little doll. It looks like something in a museum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I. what's interesting is that so many of the ghost stories originate on the fourth floor, which is also the most recent addition to the building. But also it is where that little mini museum is located. Mm-hmm. So maybe we have ghosts that are attached to the objects in that room, not necessarily people that have been there too so the ghost of sarah may not actually be sarah it could be some other little girl that came in with a doll or a piece of clothing that they have on display there absolutely which is chock full of yeah there's plenty of stuff in there that wasn't necessarily just sarah's i think Mm -hmm. um the rocking horse and just a couple little things are attributed to her i think the rest of the stuff is just period pieces mm-hmm. sat in there to create mm-hmm. a little just i mean that reminds me of the discussion we had with with ashley and amanda a couple of weeks ago where they went to that historical society and everything was like imbued with Ugh. uh history and stuff and how you know she found it very difficult to be which historical society were they at was it in i want to say it was in oxford i think it was that or Primble county um i know Primble county has ghost hunters go in a lot and or, or not ghost hunters oh man uh ghost investigators yeah you do <laughs> and uh, uh I, i've been i can't remember which one i don't think it's the same one they've been in but it would have all like the different farming implements like with the scythes and the oxen cattle big u-shaped things that go around them to pull the plows even the plows on display and you just feel really weird going around the bill because it's just a clash of all sorts of history and things that were used to kill animals and things that have killed people and it's all on display and it it's just really weird energies all around 
Mm-hmm. Plus, you don't know what's shielded EMF wise. Mm-hmm. I wonder so. if they've had a uh, investigation done at Golden Lamb. Did anyone see if there had been any? There have been a couple. I saw some yeah. videos on YouTube. Eh, yeah. I didn't bother and, watching i started one it was a I mean, it sounds like your personal story is much meatier than a lot of stuff that yeah 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 it really is you know and i really never thought twice about it because i totally expect stuff like that to happen to me in places like that it was kind of like a no big deal thing because i've experienced that my whole life but um it was cool that when i look back at the pictures i actually feel like i legit see something where we saw something and i haven't looked at those pictures well i put some up on my site uh that day but i kept a lot of them out because my niece was on there but um yeah i'd done a personal post as well but i didn't include that one because it looks just kind of like a just a, a, a kind of a lame pick of a long room but now that i went back and looked yeah. at it yeah but for our yeah haunts, it's perfect right I mean, up on closer inspection yeah i mean it, it's, it's yeah it's it's really interesting um yeah. you know and and i wish that i mean as many times as i've been there i wish i had seen something i mean it seems like you know we very rare you know and i don't know if if, if it's something like being sensitive to that stuff is something you can you can teach yourself to do or if it's oh something- it is it's something that can be learned as you visit more haunted locations but i'm not sure if i want to like see faces like amanda was talking about you guys were talking about seeing faces at night and stuff I, that doesn't tell you know, i agree with jen you know i don't want to i don't want to see faces set it up when my cat does it you know our cat will stare at us and you'll look up and suddenly this cat face is in front of you you're like oh. yeah I was just looking up. Um, I haven't seen any official investigation done paranormal wise at the Golden Lamb. I was always under the impression that the owners were kind of frowned frowned upon actual paranormal investigations of their property. So. I, think I think the one might be right. Yeah, the I ones that I have seen online have all been people who did it on their own in their own room, but weren't permitted to actually walk around. Yeah. And uh, you're just like ghost hunters never visited. None of like uh, ghost adventures never visited. Mm -hmm. I haven't ever seen. Oh no, nobody like that. Nobody like Zach Baggins or anything. This isn't Zach's bag. I'm going to be honest. So, I, I mean, I think that I think that, yeah, I don't think the owners would want to encourage, especially because the clientele is not that's probably not the clientele they want is. People no, I it's mean, not their demo. This is a place where ladies lunch. And, yeah. Yes. And that's and that's it's its main uh, function. You know, one thing and this is not ghost related. Um, why did the commissars stop running the restaurant there? What was the uh, is that here? Did I pronounce their name right? The people that yeah commissars own. yeah why did they stop running the restaurant there because it was a long time ago right yeah it's been since probably the 90s i think that, that it was probably around the same time that they got rid of the maisonette and um didn't they kind of just get out of the restaurant game altogether i thought so i don't think they run any restaurants anymore no they don't they not to, to my knowledge they used to be in charge of all the like high pollutant dining and Cincinnati, the Masonette, and what was the other restaurant that they owned? The Masonette, and whatever was below that restaurant that was underneath the Mason. The Normandy. Yeah, the Normandy Grill. Like they owned both of those, and I thought they owned something else too. They did. And the Golden I Lamb. I can't remember it. Boca. 
Focus, no. what's at the Masonette now? That was oh. Lenormandy. There was, yeah, those two were Bo- the. Used, there was, used to be a Boca in Oakley where Red yeah. Feather is now. And they moved. I think that, they used to own that. Yeah, yeah. Boca is now what the Masonette used to be. And like, right. the Masonette was like very old style French dining if you ever went there. It was. It was fun to go there. It was. I loved it. I've been there. Yeah, and the Normandy was good too. I mean, I, I like I like Soto quite a bit too. That's the place. I like I do too. I I like the the downstairs the best. I really do. There's just it's just mm. so I don't know. It feels like you're somewhere else to me. I like mm. the downstairs. Yeah, like another you, country or something. Your next anniversary dinner, good. Do you like Italian food? Who? Who you me? Know, Kat. Kat. Um. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Soto is really good. Am I right? Is it Soto or Soto? It's spelled Soto. 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 Yeah, it's really yeah. good. Yeah, At least yeah. it used to be. It's been a while since I've been there. Chester's yeah. Roadhouse. That was the other place they owned. What the Commissars. It? Chester's Roadhouse. Oh yes, and that's gone too. Yeah, mm-hmm. The restaurant business is tough, as as Jen would know. The restaurant business is not easy. <laughs> yes, my my family owns, did, own quite a few. Still own. Mine too. What yeah. put your family restaurant? Uh, Nicola's. Oh, really? And over the Rhine. Yeah, my stepdad. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, my mom started Nicola's. it. Oh, wow! It, it is no longer since my mom died. It's not mine now. It's my stepbrother and my stepdad. But okay. my stepbrother also owns uh, Forno Via Vite. There's two fornos. Yes. Right. And now That's he's awesome. part of he's part of Nicola since my my mom passed. So yeah, it's um it's a good special occasion. I came up in restaurant. the restaurant business too. Yeah, yeah, my whole life. Yeah, that's where my family started restaurants in 1959. Where we had wow. Duff Smorgasbord. Oh, really? Um, we had where were those? 180 stores at one point. Yeah. Oh my gosh. God. Really? I remember them. <laughs> That's where I grew up. Literally. At, I mean, it was in yeah. restaurants. Wow. Yeah. A lot of those in Cincinnati. I didn't even remember them until you mentioned them. Oh my God. Them. I know it's a blast from the past. Um, we had sold a lot of the brick and mortar franchises. And then around 1984, we sold a lot of the actual buildings that we owned to Chi Chi's. And we kept a few stores in Florida and a lot of the franchisees stuck around. But Really, by about the late 2000s, we were down to a handful of stores. And now there's just one post-COVID in Clearwater. So really? my mom oh. had stores my whole life. That's why I lived in Florida and Myrtle Beach and was moving around all the time because um, those restaurants. So. We were never that big. <laughs> That's so I, I, I mean, know I know, how. but we were never fine dining either. You know, we were a buffet, all you can eat, but pay one price. Still, how know. it's so hard to own a restaurant and to run it. I just, ah. I, oh, yeah. I, uh, I mean, there have been times in the past where my family has had two, but they always ended up selling the second one, you know, because mm-hmm. it was just way too much work. Yeah. Yeah. We made it almost three generations. So wow. it's just, that's amazing. Yeah. Here, mm-hmm. Have you seen cincyshirts.com has a t-shirt it's gray and it says I got stuffed at Duff's and then it has famous Duff's smorgasbord 
South oh. Lebanon, Xenia, and Wilmington. Wow. Oh, you know what is we so need crazy, to, can you we guys? Post a picture of that. I'd like to see that. Yeah, I want to see if I could do a screen share right now. Uh, you could totally. Oh my God. Edit this. Let's see. Oh, nope. I can't do it. Okay. Uh, I'll find it. That's so funny. Yeah, I wear my on... husband since he shirts all the time. I yeah. can't believe I've never seen it. I just Googled it because I was like, I don't know Duff's smorgasbord. We had a Chi Chi's in my, like, the town next you to mine. Be able to share it now. Yeah, I'm not related to the Chi Chi's people. We just sold all of our, yeah, a lot of our brick and mortars to them in the 80s. Yeah. Let me see if I can share this you link. You should be able to now. Oh, share the screen? Yeah. Okay. Screen yeah, too. I mean, can you we see it? That's that's oh, our logo. Cool. Yeah. Except it was orange, not red. It was dark, burnt. Um. Yeah. Is that how they get around copyright or, infringement? I really doubt that. I'm I don't think a palette it. swap does it. <laughs> I love since these shirts, they get a pass. Yeah. Um, oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. That's oh, how cool. fun. That's my family. I'll have oh, to man, get I one. And I'll have I to send it to my great go. uncle. He's 93 years old. Oh, he'd love that. Hammer Duff, the founder. So I'll have to send him one. Aww. Oh, wow. There's a photo of him, I think, in the Google search. Uh, of my but from like the uncle. 70s. Oh, that's so cool. Maybe. That's very cool. And, and there's old ads and everything, too. It's yeah. really fun. Anyway. So is there yeah, anything else it. that we've that we've missed on our coverage of the golden lamb I'm sure i believe we have done a good introductory tour of the golden lamb and the ghosts that reside within his halls and got a great story from amy yeah well i mean that's the best part i mean you know reading all of these stories but actually seeing something and experiencing something is really interesting yeah and I'll make sure I get you guys both of those photos. I'll just send you uh, several. I mean, I, I know you want to see Sarah's room. I've got some good ones of that just for your perusal. Oh, that would personally. be great. Well, I mean, I can post some of them too so that people can kind of get an introduction of, of what the stuff looks like for when, when they visit. Um, you know, because I suspect that, um, you know, it's just reopening more because of, you know, COVID. You know, I don't know if it ever totally closed. Um, right. But... It would be really interesting to, you know, go back there further. Yeah. You know? And actually, I didn't get a chance to sketch. <gasps> there, we should all bad. go for lunch there someday. We, we are going to do a sketch. Urban Sketchers is going to sketch up there sometime. Um, I didn't because I was with my mom. It's too bad I didn't sketch there because all the spring flowers were out. The tulips, all the trees were in flower. I mean, it was beautiful mm -hmm. uh, time to be there. They have like a and little I, gazebo there and yeah, a couple mm -hmm. of them. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I get my second shot tomorrow. So yay! After that, I'll. I guess apparently it takes two weeks to take effect. Six. 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 Oh. I get mine on Wednesday. That's my second shot. Will be on Wednesday. Oh. So, we're almost shot buddies, Jen. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> but we, yeah, we'll we'll have to go up there and have lunch and, and check out yes. everything. And and I, I think, think there's a cemetery to... nearby too. There was. Ooh. We passed one that was very old. Um, yes, Ooh, I like those. Scoop on that one. I mean, it looks super old. Yeah, it reminded me of the old Puritan ones out in New England, like that age. Yeah, I at least about stopping by there, but I didn't see it as I was driving back because it was like on the other side. And yeah, it's um, like cut into the hill. It. Yeah, it was, it was, it, you could tell the stones were super old. 
Yeah. And um, it's probably got some tales to tell. I'm sure it does. So Amy, before we leave, do you want to give your social media and where people can follow the Skeleton Key Chronicles? Absolutely. And don't forget, I'm going to do a deep dive on this Clement Van Landingham guy. So if you're a history buff and you want to hear all the backstory about this guy and the court case and, you know, his unfortunate incident a little bit further, check out my blog at www.theskeletonkeychronicles.com. And don't forget to follow me on Facebook, where I post daily stories of interest, a lot of local news stories some true crime but i try to do about three or four posts a day so don't forget to follow me there for content in addition to all my original stuff which you'll find on my web page yes and also you should when you follow it you can follow it like so not only just following it right don't just like me follow me yeah you have to hit follow too to actually get it into your feed because now i'm regularly seeing your stuff in my feed because i i had liked it and i never saw another thing and i was like she was, and then I looked, and you were posting all this stuff that was really interesting. And so, I yeah, you're a really active poster on Facebook, Amy, which yeah. is good. Like, I like seeing all the stuff. The stories just pop up; they just come to me, and I just share them. I, oh, I don't know yeah. why, but they just mm-hmm. pop up, and I thought, you know what? I need to get these out to the masses and make sure everybody's seeing as much. And we want the algorithm to be basis. friendlier to you. I know, yes. and you're right. The follow, in addition to the like, will help a lot. Yes. Mm-hmm because uh, before we go you were telling us before we got on the air that a bunch of people that were posting stuff about true crime got their posts taken down we did we did Oof. we we got slapped with a facebook community standard warning um it prohibited us from uh, boosting any content there were varying degrees of punishment some you could still post like me but i couldn't run any ads and my algorithms had tanked i was telling the girls earlier before the show started that they were like at two percent i mean it was oh, ridiculous. i could tell they had slammed the brakes on me and then i saw in some of my other true crime groups the ones that didn't completely disappear off of facebook because facebook pulled them just without warning some of the groups just completely went away uh several other people in the groups that did stick around were also like um kind of chastised by facebook for some of the same memes, like really ubiquitous, um, kind of not even that funny serial killer memes. This was uh, a Ted Bundy. It was a Ted Bundy meme. Oh, I think I saw that one. Yeah. There are a few. There's there a few. They, they, they circle around uh, or cycle around Facebook and Reddit. Usually yeah. they originate in Reddit and then they pop up on Facebook a few days later. Right. A lot of a lot of these groups actually make their own memes because they'll watermark them. Yeah. I don't know whose meme this was, but it wasn't mine. But um, anyway, yeah, it's just been kind of weird on Facebook lately. I think a lot of that crackdown has been sort of under a political realm where they tried to do that. But they've got a new heading and it's called Dangerous Individuals. So apparently this Dangerous Individuals, a lot of things can fall under that umbrella, not just crazy like QAnon or stuff like that. It seems they are throwing some serial killers under the Dangerous Individuals, which is kind of weird since he's dead, but he's not that dangerous anymore. But anyway, maybe they'll get it sorted out. Perhaps it was just a little flaw in the rolling out where people were getting cited for stuff that maybe, I don't know. Yeah, it seems weird dangerous individual the person that is running the page or just no the, it's the content okay. that's being shared 
Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a, like a new heading that they've just come up with. A lot of this was on the heels of all of this election stuff. They really, there's mm-hmm. a big story in the Wall Street, uh, not Wall Street Journal, New York Times about it. That was really interesting how they really tightened everything up. And with that, they came up with these headings and parameters and some stuff just gets thrown in there, I guess. That's what oh, I'm hoping wow. for. I can't imagine that they would do some true crime crackdown as was rumored because hello, it's a very popular genre. Yeah. Facebook's all about well, the Benjamins. They're not going to be shutting that down. It's stuff that's happened. Yeah, that's the right, weird it's like thing. historical stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird and line. To, you would want to worry about the live serial killers, not the dead ones. Well, hello. But also, it teaches you something. <laughs> it, it can teach young girls how to protect themselves. Exactly. It could teach Watch grown out. women how to protect themselves. Don't Don't censor that. Yeah, they're they're censoring the wrong thing. Yeah. But on that note, shall we end? <laughs> All right. We shall. Yeah. So thank you for listening to another wonderful episode of the Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities presents the Hometown Haunts podcast. I'm your host, Kat Loco, along with me is Christina Wald and Jen Kohler. And like every week, you can follow us on social media at, at Sin Cabinet Curio on Twitter. Cincy Cabinet of Curiosities on Instagram. And of course, don't forget to send your own personal experiences at hometownhauntedmail at gmail.com. Have a spooky week, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.